0: Really though, how do you actually know that they're toxic? Do you know it? Is it something that you absolutely know? Are there actual pieces of the puzzle that are enough of a warning sign that we could share with the public? How do we convey what is toxic, what's not? And I'm sick and tired of this whole narcissistic little bench that everybody is sitting on i am sorry there are not that many narcissistic people out there however there's a lot of a-holes that's for sure (laughs) so in this episode i'm gonna get real with you on how to actually find out is this person toxic a couple of the warning signs that are very common but also very commonly overlooked i will hear people daily rationalize and decide and try to figure out that this person is going to fit this box and they are healthy. And they'll proclaim that they're healthy. Listen, sometimes you're not out to date healthy. Sometimes you're out to date the best that you desire to date. And that's okay. But it's in the decisions that you're making. Let's not play victim to everything and every little story. Come on, we're stronger than that. We're wiser than that. Here's my take on some toxicity, if you choose. Sprinkle it on top, keep it on the side, maybe dash it on like hot sauce, totally up to you. But that is your life. You are shaping your life with whatever you desire. And it's okay if you want, this person has a little bit of toxicity in certain areas and it is enough for you and that's okay. That's a beautiful thing. But Be aware that it may be something that you could grow out of very, very quickly. So. Here we go as we enter into Rise Rain Rule's real, raw, and unearthed podcast. Thanks for joining. Hello, hello. My name is Rebecca Korn, founder and CEO of Rise Rain Rule. And this is our podcast where we talk about the difficult things of everything that comes forward in life and the dirty, the messy, the in between, and how to uniquely elevate your life in a way that aligns your deepest passions and heart. As we step into this evening's or day or morning's podcast, whenever you choose to tune in, we
1: are talking about. How to understand toxicity, how to elevate beyond it, how to know the warning signs, and how to live life on the highest frequency. You know, we've all had toxic people occasionally spew their fairy dust on us.
0: Whether it's a company, a best friend, a circumstance, a fluke accident, or anything in between.
1: Sometimes it feels more like a drenching. And sometimes it feels like we are pulled under
0: the current of all of the drama, all of the frustration, all of the layers of agitation and reactivity. It leaves us angry, upset, and frustrated. Frustration, I feel, is simply lost anger. It's misguided. It's trying to find its way. So when somebody says that they're frustrated to me, I feel it. You know, sometimes you can be really upset and
1: angry, but you don't really know why.
0: And yet, we will bend toward and against and sideways in avoidance and attempt to try to either please them or align, but never really get there. And we'll please the situation and we will bring them back into our life. And then we will kick
1: ourselves and say, why did I do that?
0: Their damage lies in they, in the subtlety of the ways that they can engender the
1: appropriate response. It's not them, it's me. It's not this, it's that. It's not you.
0: I'm just wounded. And they can have us questioning our overreactivity, our oversensitivity, our tendency to misinterpret. Yet it seems like you're the only one who is continuously hurt, or the only one who is constantly trying to adjust your own behavior to make sure that they feel better. And then
1: The chances are that it's not you and it's very much done.
0: But how do you see the differential on that? Because how do you really know when you're in circumstances where you really understand that this is a totally external piece? Or it is totally that
1: person's piece. So, for example, for the
0: random items. I love Rent the Runway. It's like one of my favorite companies. And I really enjoy grabbing a variety of clothing because I feel like I'm perpetually non-committal toward a style. My girlfriends laugh sometimes I come out and one minute I'll look super bohemian and the next minute I am super like preppy yet chic. (laughs) And it seems like there's no in-between and that's why I really love utilizing this company. But the other day I dropped off my most recent return. I've been using them for a while. I adore them. Like I said, And I know for certain everything was in that bag. Why? Because I had been waiting on making this delivery for a while. I had a photo shoot. I had other things. So I just kind of like was living out of this bag. And so I dumped my entire life back into the bag, which was the clothing that I rented that
1: month. And it's so interesting
0: because two of the items are missing. And the person I had dropped it off to was not the regular location. And there was a variety of circumstances that kind of plot twisted me around with it. But it's wild because I was trying to understand from the representative what had gone on. And she kind of dismissed it, saying, well, it's okay. It'll all unfold because sometimes we miss scan items. Meanwhile, I'm on the other side, really upset, frantically combing through my entire wardrobe, trying to figure out where the heck this item could be. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. It's definitely in the bag. But sometimes you can inadvertently blame yourself. You know, Even as I'm in that tear through my wardrobe, I have that feeling of uncertainty and, and upsetness, just genuinely trying to fix this, make this right. And then I realized that there is no real right here. I know
1: for certain I put that in the bag. I know for certain I delivered that bag. And that is all that was within my control. And so when you have peace
0: in the process, it's not something that sticks to you. You're not carrying it around in every conversation or nuance that you're living. And that's one of the ways that we know that something is external from us. And it is in the detachment of that external item that allows you to just simply understand, not everything is up to me. I live in a really complex universe. I think you do too. (laughs) And it is beautiful and radiant. But, 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 I will say, there are a variety of circumstances that can come to life that are way beyond any of our controls. There could be a meteor shower, there could be a circumstance, there could be a whatever, an unearthing of some sort of something rather (laughs) that takes over something else, an apocalypse. And we have absolutely no control over that. And I think that when we understand this piece, when we fold it into business, we can understand too that there are a variety of things that can come up. But whether it's with your clients or really close relationships, I'm going to give you a couple of pieces that just allow you to understand that this is no longer okay so, for example.
1: If they manipulate
0: and they are pushing you. To feel like you're the only one contributing to the relationship. And that's how you feel. You're probably right.
1: There is this
0: very unique trait that people can embody that centers around their ability to have a way of knowing how to send a vibe that you owe them something. Oh, you're not going to talk to me when I need you the most. I don't think you understand this is an emergency. You're putting my family at risk.
1: They have a way of taking
0: you from doing something that is important to you, but they'll also take from you something that really hurts you. And then they'll maintain that they were doing
1: it all for you.
0: So in a workplace environment, oh, I left that six months worth of filing for you. I thought you'd appreciate it because you are so good at organizing. (laughs) Or I'm having a dinner party next week. Do you want to be invited? Yeah, then why don't you just bring dinner for 10? I'll give you a chance to show off those cooking skills.
1: That is not a compliment. You don't owe anybody anything. If it doesn't feel like a favor, it's probably not.
0: Next, usually what happens is they won't own their feelings. So rather than you know really owning their own feelings, they act as though their feelings are, are yours. And it's called mirroring or projection. And this merely means that they're projecting their feelings and thoughts onto you. So, for example, if somebody is hungry, but doesn't want to say that they're hungry, they'll probably point to you and say like, Oh my gosh, I haven't seen you eat all day. Aren't you starving? Or, um, they'll say something a little bit more subtle along the lines of, is everything okay with you and I? Or
1: even Tell me why you're angry at me. No, tell me why I know you're
0: angry with me. And you'll find yourself pleading to justify and defend, and this will go on in circles and over and over again. Understanding what is your own and understanding what is theirs is this beautiful boundary between you and them. What happens when we actually embody that peace is we really have a spaciousness of understanding how to protect our heart. When we are an understanding of how to protect our heart, we don't waver in a way that creates this person to being more significant in their opinion or accusation. that simply doesn't fit you. You don't have to explain anything. You don't have to justify anything. You don't have to defend yourself. It's misfire. It's a misfire that is so completely wildly out of your realm that you can just look at them and say, I'm really confused why you'd feel that way. And when they retort, well, you've been in a bad mood all all week. I would say something along the lines of I feel really strong in my competency of being able to voice exactly how I feel. Do you have a question? It simply stops the cycle of creating this monster out of you. And you do not have to clarify yourself every single time. The next one, this one's one of my favorites. I used to date this guy. I think we all have really Um, I used to date this guy who was a toxic disaster. Now, I don't call a lot of people toxic, um, but he was a toxic disaster. One minute, he was the most solid inspirational businessman I had ever met. I mean, he could make decisions with ease and and clarity like no other he would talk about homes that he would build. He would talk about places we'd move, neighborhoods we'd live in. And it was wild because when he was clear, he was a king. I mean, he was fierce. It was sexy. But the other 85% of the time, (laughs) he had these fluctuation points between his I don't know if anything's possible i think everything's going to go down everything's a conspiracy to i don't know how my mom feels i don't know how this person feels i don't know how that person feels i can't do anything right and you would get into this like really prickly stage of either being sad and cold or cranky and dramatic and when I would ask him if there was anything I could do to be space for him, it was an eye roll and an immediate defense mechanism of some sort of comment or criticism. But he would only give me enough to let me know that there was something going on, like just enough, maybe a heavy sigh, a stomping of the foot, (laughs) a slamming of the door, a cold shoulder, a sassy look like a raised eyebrow or like a scowl and over time i found that i wanted to make excuses for for him because i wanted him to be happy and when we're in relationship we are having a very healthy response to the other person in the relationship now, contrary to what I said in the beginning, which is, you know, allowing everything every, certain things to be external is really healthy. But when you're in a relationship, it is important that you care about how the person feels. For example, you can't be having a person that just sliced their finger bleeding and be like, "I'm so happy. Oh, so happy." <laughs> dancing around the kitchen at the same time. That's just not okay. (laughs) But at the same time, being able to not have the pain and passing out is also a beautiful response. So having a very stabilized response like, oh my gosh, you're very hurt. Is there something I can do? Should I call 911? But you're not trying to please them. There's a difference. And so some people will find a loophole that, They understand that decent people will go extraordinary lengths to keep those that they love really happy. And if your attempts aren't working or lasting very long or even met with resentment or a response like that scowl or that raised eyebrow consistently,
1: lean back, release them,
0: stop trying so hard. I understand where you're coming from, but you shouldn't have to guess how somebody feels. Especially as an adult dating somebody, you yearn for clear communication. But same thing inside of your clientele. If your client is upset with something, trust that they are
1: going to voice that to you. Understand that sometimes when a client leaves, it is a blessing to you. You can have a conversation
0: that you are finished with, and that's a beautiful thing. And that brings me to the next one. (laughs) Have you ever been in a conversation with somebody that you deeply care about, and they just leave the conversation unfinished and they go offline? They won't pick up their phone, total avoidance, they don't answer texts, you have no idea if they're actually okay. And in between rounds of their voice message, you'll find yourself playing the conversation over and over and over in your head, trying to figure out the status of where you stand. People who care about you won't let you feeling horribly without attempting to sort it out. Doesn't mean that you'll know exactly the course, but at least they'll try. And so when you have somebody that's not picking up their phone, not answering texts, and they just go silent in the middle of a conversation that's a significant piece. Now, here's here's the nuance that's different, different. If you're in a relationship and you say, hey, listen, I've had enough of this conversation, I'm going to take a 20 minute break or I need a break. I'll be in touch with you tomorrow. Cutting that conversation is very healthy it is safe for everybody having that boundary is a beautiful safe thing but it is expressed it is stated it may not be received but it is stated
1: perhaps twice
0: when the person is responding however with oh oh okay so i did nothing as usual And they'll use like these happy slang to create a very toxic tone this is where the message might be innocent but the tone or the body language is conveying a lot more and so when you come to question that tone sometimes what they'll do is they'll say all i said was which is kind of true but not really and so this is a really important piece because if the person is masking, and this is where performance on the opposite side of argument in the psychology of things comes forward. When performance happens in a way where they're using a clown mask, I hate clowns by the way, <laughs> but they're using a clown mask and that's how they're portraying their world. It's really important to have somebody who's willing to resolve something with you that's with the specificity of your clientele that's with relationships that's with family that's with whoever everybody deserves the opportunity to come to conversation in a way that is trying to resolve something perhaps not defending but simply resolving And in order to do that, we have to approach a thought or idea contrary to how we're taught to think. This is a really interesting thing to really think about (laughs) when it comes to your thinking. Uh, So when you're in school, you are taught to memorize something. And at the end of the week, you'll be tested. But there is a right and a wrong answer that you either learned it and know it or you didn't learn it and failed it now this is a really important piece because when we realize that our psychology is overlapping a place that we have been formed to think a certain way you begin to understand why sometimes it's really important to be open to change when you realize that thought or idea isn't necessarily right or wrong especially when you're trying to solve something like world hunger or homelessness there may not be a right answer take the government for example there are many forms of government there isn't a right or a wrong a lot of things could work and so one of the things that most people i talk to about are on the journey of self-love and they're yearning to have an epic life and so they'll ask me why do i need to be something more to be loved or why do i have to change to be loved and it's not that i'll ever say that that somebody needs to change but i'm going to speak for my own self i have gone through a variety of evolutions I am a completely different person than I was 10 years ago. I'm a completely different person than I was two years ago. I'm a completely different person than I was a year ago. (laughs) It is always refining, right? Even from yesterday to today, there were course corrections that I deepened into and I may not have embodied them yet, but I connect with them. And from the moment we are children, we're accruing this idea or these beliefs that are sometimes mistaken about how we are and who we
1: are and what we believe since childhood.
0: And since childhood, we may believe that we aren't enough. And so our main focus in life becomes this obsession about becoming enough. And it's this thirst. It's this drive. It's this desire. It's obsession. It's a survival tactic. It's our success tactic. It is our procreation tactic. So when I work with clients who are deepening and unearthing layers of their being, their worthiness, their depth of their understanding of who they are as a soul, They'll inevitably find themselves in this dichotomy, this like push and pull. If I'm enough, then why do I need to change?
1: Why am I not loved as I am?
0: And yet that question, that question alone is the epitome
1: of what it means to be unloved. because it is still a question of being born unworthy. Because if we really,
0: if we really were being born from wholeness, the question would be deeper from a perspective of what kind of love could I bring to this world, right? It wouldn't matter and be a matter of changing to gain self-worth or accolades or success. It wouldn't be a matter of co-creating. It would be a, a matter of deepening into your spirit to honor and respect the man or the woman or the whomever that you are with so that each of you are truly seen and loved. so when we're healthier and we're more radiant and we are loving ourselves we can show love to ourselves but our ability to love others is also increasing for a long time i didn't know how to love myself and it was a really Uh, I would say like viscerally aggravating process. (laughs) I don't know that many other coaches would describe it that way, but um, that's that's simply what I would express because I really didn't understand that love was an action. And so self-love practices, I'm using air quotes over here, very sarcastically self-love practices oh you're to love yourself you need to put these face masks on and and trust me when i was a this is probably like five six years ago when i was like a hustler die hard wake up at 4 30 every single day drive da, 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 da. i led a life of doing things from the outside in to get love because any change that felt inauthentic to me felt like just a demand later that reflected that I wasn't enough. That's
1: right. Anything that felt
0: inauthentic to me felt like it wasn't enough. I wasn't enough. I can't even enjoy a face mask. I can't even enjoy a bath. What's the matter with me? To the point where I couldn't enjoy a bath so much, I redid an entire bathroom myself. I was so driven to tear down the walls of this division between my masculine and my femininity that I literally tore down walls. I mean, it was uh, like a one evening decision. I got off the phone with somebody and I was like just in my heart and so inspired and so like just radiating love. And I took a hammer. (laughs) Most dramatic chaotic feminine thing that I could find and do I go down to my downstairs bathroom and i just start hammering away at this ugly tile that was driving me bonkers i hated the bathtub i hated the walls i hated the the vanity i took that hammer and i let it out i broke down completely because once you understand what it means to fully break down you know what it means to fully involve your care and your love and your kindness and leadership toward yourself. But practicing those like preliminary self love journey pieces, I was so annoyed with it. And I finally found out that self love for me in a a way was cleaning up my kitchen making sure my kitchen was cleaned up before evening so I could wake up to a clean kitchen. Oh my God, that's the best feeling, isn't it? And so every morning I wake up to a clean kitchen and it is so beautiful. It smells nice. It's lovely. The sun is shining through. Even if it's raining and the world is thirsty, I just relish in it. And so you might be trying to get clear on what love means to you in your business with your clients in your life and authentic connection
1: and your body and worshiping what it really
0: does and all i want to do is just create a little bit of space for you to know that the healthier that you get the more that you can pour into yourself your change, your evolution,
1: because you become love.
0: And love is not love if it doesn't demonstrate itself truly as loving, right?
1: It just breathes different. It just feels different and enters the room differently. So
0: as you kind of sit with this podcast, the first thing I want to say is thank you so much for joining me in this short little space. I felt it really important to begin this last month of the year and really relish in the bounty of the harvest that you had planted. Bask in the light that you created.
1: And connect with the love that you are.
0: If you are looking for more support toward your feminine power, please join us at Her Reign, our free Facebook group. Her, R-E-I-G-N, Reign. Spelled like a queen. <laughs> Over on Facebook, we're going to be having a variety of offerings happening all through December, really excited about it. And I would love, love, love if you Felt alignment in this message. If you had some things that you are thinking about, I would love if you'd join us for a conversation. Or even just to be a part of the community and connect with others. All my love, ladies, right on. Next week, please be sure to join us where we get to interview. One of my clients who is just such an inspiration, such a force to be reckoned with. I adore her and I feel like it's going to be a phenomenal podcast. You're not going to want to miss it.